Welcome to episode 8 of DIY The Crafting Podcast, a bi-weekly show that features Winnipeg crafters and explores their work, their process, and why they chose to DIY. I'm your host, Sydney Small, and today's guest is Lynn from Little Tree Hugger Soap Company. She makes luxury natural bath and body products, and we're super excited to chat with her today. So welcome, Lynn. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Sydney. How are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Surviving on this cold oh, day. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Nasty. For those of you not in Winnipeg, it's like minus 50 degrees outside. So time to get into a hot tub. (laughs) Oh, that sounds lovely. (laughs) If only, right? Right. (laughs) Well, we'll have some warm conversation to keep to keep us going today. Good plan. plan. (laughs) So pretty basic question, but um, how did you get into making? When did you start? How'd you start? The way I started is probably unconventional. I homeschooled my children for 14 years, and during my journey in homeschooling, um, part of that was organizing field trips for the community in Manitoba of homeschoolers, and I decided to organize a craft sale. Because I had organized it, my children and I had to sell something at it. (laughs) So they decided they wanted to try making soap. It was their idea. I was just there for the ride, along, along on the ride with them. We looked up a few recipes. We made soap. I love chemistry, so I had a lot of fun with it. Turns out I had way more fun with it than they did. (laughs) (laughs) So we did our little sale, and we had to give ourselves a name, and we picked Little Tree Hugger because they're my two little tree huggers. I love that. (laughs) And people liked it. They liked the, the family connection and the fact that it was all about my children. And lo and behold, as children do with their short attention spans, within about four months of doing it, they were out. They didn't want to do it anymore. And I wanted to continue. So it became my passion and my therapy and my way of having time to myself and the busy life of a homeschooling mom. And I continued doing it and loved it. That's incredible. Yeah. While you were homeschooling, did you do these crafts like in the evening or were you like, how did you balance the teaching and then this kind of stuff? See, the beauty is because there's so much chemistry involved and science involved with soap making, um, we used it as part of our science curriculum. So we did experiments where we had to test what if we put less of this and more of that? Would it still work out with the batter C's? Would it become too thick? Would it be too runny? Would it cure? Um, played around with that kind of thing. Same with making bath bombs or any creams or anything like that. Everything comes down to science. So we played around with it, and my kids learned the concepts of of having... We actually even worked in the whole, you know, having a hypothesis, the scientific method, and my my son was really excited about creating a hypothesis and saying okay like if we did this instead of that um how would the recipe turn out and my daughter both of my children but my daughter primarily has always really enjoyed cooking and cooking is very similar because you have to follow a recipe and and know your basic you know have basic skills right so we worked it in to a certain degree into our our curriculum planning during the day and then of course I did my own stuff at night because they were quite young when we started so you're limited with what you can do right when you're working with lye and different chemicals that you don't want your children um, handling too much so I did a lot of the more exciting things on my own in the evening. (laughs) (laughs) That's great though Mm -hmm. I wish they had that for science in schools. Right? (laughs) Yeah yeah. Very cool. Can you tell me a little bit about the kinds of things you make? Well I started with just soap um, and I love it. I love making soap because my creative, my creativity has no ends with soap. I can make um, different bars with different colors and different designs and different scent profiles. And I get to experiment with scent profiles, creating different combinations of essential oils. I try really hard to stick to essential oils and avoid fragrances if I can. I do introduce some fragrances now because of customers. 
requests to have okay. things that you can't get, like fruity scents you can't really get with uh, essential oils. So things like strawberry and banana and even chocolate and vanilla. That, well, vanilla you can, but that's another story. <laughs> um, so just dealing with the scent profiles and all of that, I love it. And I love the designing of the soap, making a really pretty, aesthetically pre- pleasing soap. Um, so that I focus on the most. That's what I really love doing. But I do also do, I, and I love that. I love everything I do. But my passion is the soap making, as you can tell by looking at my my business. Of course. It's primarily soap. But I do bath bombs. I do face creams. I do um, beard beard balms and and oils. I do... um, uh, I even have a, a pet line, so I do. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I do soaps and balms for pets, um, dogs only. Cats are too sensitive to essential oils; it's not really safe for me to go there. So I won't make anything for for cats, but dogs I do. Um, yeah, you name it, I do it. Anything Bath and Body. That's great. yeah, it's a lot of fun. How long does it usually take to complete? Okay, not a project, I guess, but like maybe a batch of one of your okay. products. So if we're talking soaps, it's very different from, let's say, bath bombs or creams. A bath bomb or a cream, it's pretty much a one thing. You you, you mix your, your batch, you mold it, and then you let it dry overnight and it's ready to be packaged. So it's 24 hours max, you know. Same with cream. I can mix cream, wait for it to cool enough, and then bottle it. Um, but with soap, um, it's a very, very, very long process. So there's very little profit in soap making because number one I use all fair trade and organic okay. um, so my costs are very high and also so the way it works with soap is you have to mix your batch so you mix your batch like you would a cake batter um, you have to get it to the right consistency for pouring depending on the technique you're using um, you pour it into your mold um, and that can take anywhere from probably about two hours for one one loaf um, and I don't make just one loaf. I make about 12 loaves at a time. So I have a big slab and I, I try and make some of them I can't. Some of the more fancy designs I have to make loaf by loaf because of the design. You can't do it in a big slab. But maybe two hours per batch just to do the mixing and the pouring, the design part. And then you have to let it sit overnight where it's in a thermal blanket. And oh, okay. so the saponification can happen, which is basically the lye and the oils mixed together. The lye is neutralized, so it's, everybody is afraid, oh, you put lye in your soap, that's dangerous. There's literally not a soap on the entire earth that you can make without lye. You have to have lye. Okay. If people say there's no lye in their soap, it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, but the lye is neutralized. It's a chemical reaction that happens where it's no longer harmful. It just creates suds. So it makes the oil change into a, a soap. Um, that happens overnight, and then the next day I can unmold it. So I take the soap out of the mold, but it's still very soft. I have to leave it to cure for a few days. Once it cures, then I can cut it. I I rinse the tops first to get the ash off. There's a a yucky white film that kind of goes on top that doesn't look pretty, so I rinse the, the film, let it sit for another day, then I have to cut it into bars of soap. Once the soap's cut into bars, I wait another day, then I stamp them all with my logo. Um, or if it's a private label company that I'm working with, their logo. So I stamp the logo, leave it for another day, then I bevel it, which means I, I trim the edges off the soap so it's not sharp and it looks pretty. Right. Once it's beveled, it goes on a shelf and it sits for four weeks. After four weeks, then I can package it. So I put it into a box and I label it. And then Holy. it's ready for sale. So we're looking at about a month and a half to make a bar of soap. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I have many questions. First off, how many bars can you get out of a loaf approximately? One loaf is 12 bars. One loaf is 12 bars. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where do you keep them? Then? I have racks and racks and racks <laughs> in my shop. In your shop? Okay, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. is it in your house? Or I started in my house in the basement in a small bedroom. Wow. 
And it was, I ran out of space very quickly. Okay, well, that's good that you have the yeah. space in your shop yeah, then. Yeah, I do. And when you stamp the soap, that's directly onto yeah. the bar? It's an acrylic stamp, and you just push into the soap, oh. so it's a, like a embossing almost. Oh, wicked. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's right in there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And can you do, like, does it, if you do colored soap, does that affect the process at all? Or Nope, that's part of the design. So when I'm measuring out my oils um, and my butters, then I have to melt them. And then I, I mix the oil and the butter once it's melted with the lye and the water mix. You mix those two together, you blend it, and then you add, like let's say one bar of soap is going to have four different colors. Then I would take that batter, that liquid batter, pour it into four different containers, and then add the color that I'm using. So usually I try and use clays as natural as possible, so clays or micas. Um, add that. I don't use any dyes in my soap. Okay. I will only use natural colors. So then I add the color to each batch. So let's say I have pink, like for example, my pomegranate soap has three shades of pink, a black and a white. So I would have five and then I would color the three different shades of pink, the black and the white, mix it. When I get the color I like, then I pour it into the mold. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's very neat. And okay, I'm going to jump a little bit back, but for your bath bombs, say, mm-hmm. um, how do you do the quantities for those? How many would you make at once usually? Well, I have a press now. I've invested in an $800 press, bath bomb press. <laughs> but it's expensive, but it's worth it because I'm not having to press by hand. If you're pressing by hand and you're making 50 bath bombs, your hands will be like cramping by the end of it. So yeah. I have a press that I use and you basically, I scale up my recipe to where I make probably between 70 and 100 bath bombs at a time. So that I need, I cannot be disturbed. I have a production day where I cannot, because if you walk away from your bath bomb, just like soap, if you walk away from it, the bath bombs will harden in the bowl, right? Right. Because what it is, it's a mixture of, of a bunch of different things with some water and some rubbing alcohol. The rubbing alcohol will evaporate. When it evaporates, that's what makes the bath bomb hard. So if you let it sit for too long, the, oh. it'll evaporate in a clump and then it won't mold properly. With soap, if you let your batter sit, the batter gets thick over time. Because when you pour it into the mold, it's liquid. When you when you open it, open, take the blanket off the next day, it's solid. It's just time, right? It becomes solid with time. And if you blend it too long, it gets qu- it gets solid quicker. Okay. So you cannot. One time, I, I when I was still doing it at home, the doorbell rang, and I ran upstairs to go answer the doorbell. And it was a delivery. By the time I got back downstairs, the entire bat, I had my bowl with my immersion blender in in it I couldn't get the blender out it was stuck (gasps) in there (laughs) within like what five ten minutes within ten minutes because it was a thick soap I was making I was making a pumpkin soap which has pumpkin in it wow the the sugars in the pumpkin cause it to to trace quicker to solidify quicker so I walked away for about ten minutes and I came back and it was a a garbage batch (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) so you really got to be focused you have have to 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 just get the job done essentially like end of job to make sure it doesn't get wrecked so sometimes when I'm soaping um, I will do a 12 well eight hour day without a break like I literally have my kids will run up and give me a slice of pizza or something you know so I can quickly get because I've but that's just because I'm a little bit unstable (laughs) oh no (laughs) well you just like to get it done well sure and then you you want your product to be the way you want it, right? right. You want to make sure it's yeah. good. And, and once you're in it, you're so dirty and you're, you know, like you've got your, you're up to your elbows in the, the batch. I just want to get them done. So I'll do, you know, maybe um, 800 bars in one day. Holy. And that's like, that's a 10 hour day where I, if I'm making 800 bars of soap, but I just want to get it done because it takes four weeks to cure, right? 
Um, so you can't, it can't be last minute. You can't, you have to be very prepared and very organized when you're making soap because unlike bath bombs or cream, that's just, just 24 hours. I can sell it in 24 hours. A soap, I have to prepare and plan for holidays, let's say like Valentine's or Christmas or anything that I'm trying to, a holiday that I'm trying to prep for. The soap has to be made a good two months ahead of time. So if you make 800 bars in that one day, like how often do you do those long eight-hour days? Um, I probably do that every, probably once a month. Once a month. Yeah. But then my, my batches are not always huge like that. I do smaller batches for okay. private um, labels. Like, for example, Trans Canada Brewing Company, I make beer soap for them. Oh. So when they make their order, um, they'll order 24, 48 bars at a time. So those are smaller batches. So those are just double or quad batches. They're not 12 loaves at a time. Yeah. So those, it'll take me four hours maybe. Wow. Yeah. It's still a long time, but <laughs> yeah. But it makes it makes a lot, I guess. Yeah. But 800, I can't even imagine. Well, I just got a new contract with a hotel. So I supply hotels with their amenities. So the little mini soaps that oh, I make. Oh, neat. I know it's really fun. I love it. I make 5,000 soaps at a time. The little one ounce soaps. It's a huge mold. <laughs> 5,000. 5,000. But they're just one ounces. They're just little, little mini ones. But so that's one yikes. batch. Yeah. And then, you know, 20, 40 liters of bath and body, like the washes and the conditioner and the shampoo and all of that at a time too. So that's a completely, it's, it's, I'm scaling up and I've been quite successful and very, very appreciative of, of the opportunity to supply these hotels. No kidding. Yeah. It's, it changes things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Where do you make this stuff? You mentioned you have like storage in your shop's basement. Yeah. Is that, yeah. do you make things in your shop? Uh, there's no basement in my shop. That was at my house. Okay. Um, so my shop is on the main floor and I do all of the prep. I do all of the curing and everything and some of the manufacturing in my store. And I also have another spot where I do a lot of the soap manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. So it's not at your house? No. Nothing's at your no, house? No, no more at my house. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> nice because I'm sure yeah. we get... It's, I don't have space in my house to do it anymore. It's just not convenient. But I do have a, a little uh, manufacturing spot where I do most of the soap making. And then all of the all of the other steps after that happen at my shop. Okay, so my next question was, do you sell your work? And if so, where? So we know you sell it. So can you tell me a bit about what it's like, yeah, to run your business? I love it. I love what I do. I love going to work every day. I enjoy my job. Um, it has grown beyond what I could have ever imagined it has. When I first set out to sell, I actually didn't set out to sell. <laughs> Back up, I made for friends and family just because I love doing it with my kids and I had too much. I actually literally still have a whole garbage bag full of soaps that were fails. I didn't like the design <laughs> in my bathroom downstairs that my son, my husband uses because I won't sell it. I won't let anybody else use it because they're ugly. They were fails, design oh, okay. fails. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. like the look of them, but they work perfectly. So my poor, my poor husband's like, when am I ever going to get to use nice new soap? <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the size of that bag, honey, maybe not for another four years. <laughs> so I started out just making it because I loved it and playing around because like I had one contract where I made a soap that I think I made eight loaves that I didn't use, that I, I didn't give to them because I wasn't happy with the way the design turned out. Oh. So until you pinpoint how to do the design and the proper consistency of the batter and the pouring technique and all of that, you have a lot of waste. So I was doing that, playing around with it and just giving it to people and friends and family said, you know, this is amazing stuff. This is better than what we buy at the store. You need to sell it. Being my friends and family, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. You're just being nice, right? Right. Um, so I approached a few stores one day years ago just to um, 
I guess, because my, I had been encouraged to, and every store I approached took my product. So I was shocked. And I thought, oh boy, I better register my business. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) So I very quickly registered my business and became a business person, um, kind of overnight, hadn't planned it. And then my sales increased where I could actually call this a business, where I was making enough money, you know, to to pay for my supplies and and make it worth my time. Um, Expanded that way and then got a, a website and had some pretty positive feedback from my customers there. And now... As of August 1st, I have a location on McDermott um, inside Pink Moon, which is also my shop, um, and I sell there. Um, so, And then, I, like I mentioned, I have a few private label companies that I make for, and I have the ho- two hotels that I also supply for now, too. So my business is definitely growing. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like fairly, yeah, quickly Fairly quickly, growing. yeah. I am, however, trying to really be careful that I don't take on more than I can I can handle. Sure. Because the last thing in the world I want to do is to grow too fast where I end up failing my customers. And that's the last thing I want to do. So right now I'm focusing on the two, two new hotels I have, making sure that I can supply them, um, not just adequately, but be proud of what I'm giving them. And then once I, I can do that successfully, then take on more. But baby steps. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, what a what a jump it seems. Like you said, you didn't plan this stuff. No. So. <laughs> like if just thinking being in your shoes and this all happening just what a ride I <laughs> yes. still pinch myself sometimes hey. wondering how the heck did I get here yeah if somebody had told me at your age that I was going to be a business person I would have said no 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 not going to happen I'll never own my business my mom owned a restaurant growing up and I didn't like it I didn't think it was a lot of fun so <laughs> I didn't think I would ever have my own business but here I am and I love it that's great mm-hmm. and you gotta love it right yep yeah. This kind of ties into what we were just talking about, but did you find it like really hard to make to make a name for yourself when you were starting out? Um, you know what? Probably the hardest part was reminding myself to take a deep breath and have confidence in my product, to believe what my family and friends were telling me, right? Because there's so many bath and body companies out there. There are so many people who make the products that I make that mine have to be somehow better. They have to have sure. that certain something about them that they're going to choose me over the other person. So I honestly didn't think that I would ever be as successful as I am um, because there's so much competition. So getting past that hurdle of believing in myself um, was my biggest challenge. So you have your storefront and your shop inside Pink Moon. Do you manage all the social media for both as well? I do it all. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, basically a one girl show. So I do all of the manufacturing. I plan all of the, I, I build all of my recipes, create my recipes. I make the product from start to finish. And when I say start to finish, I mean, I make it, I process it, I package it. I even, I don't have anybody who, like I design all my own labels, packaging. Wow. I do all of the ordering. I, if I don't, I try not to order anything outside of Canada. I try to keep all of my sources in Canada, but some things you have to source outside of Canada. So when I have a package that needs to be cleared at duty, I go do that in the morning before I go to work. I do all the social media. I do all the advertising. I would love to be able to hire somebody in marketing, an accountant, and somebody to design my packaging. If I could hire those three, that would I, I could cr- create <laughs> yeah. and I would have to deal with. That's the only thing I don't like about my job is having to do those three things because it takes a lot of time to design a label. It takes a lot of time to do your accounting and it takes a lot of time to market your stuff and it takes away from what I really want to be doing. Yeah. <sighs> well, I guess that, that could be, you know, part of your... Part of the growth or the exactly. goal, right, is being yeah. able to hire. That's the goal, to get to the point where I'm making enough money to hire, yeah. And then I have Pink Moon on top of that. 
So I'm the only employee that runs the shop. So I'm there every day, um, Tuesday to Saturday, um, all day, every day, working the shop as well. And then Mondays is my production day. And then Sunday is my family day. So wow, it's, it's a lot. It is definitely, they say you're married to your, your job as a, a small business person. Absolutely true. Wow. Yeah. Thank God my kids are a little bit older, so they're okay with me not being around so much, especially because they got used to having me there 24-7 as a homeschooling mom. Totally. Right? So it's been a huge shift for my entire family, and they've been incredible with supporting me and, and being okay with the fact that I'm not home. My presence is not there where it used to be. Even my two little pups, my little... Oh, you my got little, I have two oh. little Yorkies who I like. Oh. They're totally my babies. I'm a bit of a kooky dog mom, and they uh, they miss me a lot too. So that's been a big adjustment for all of us not being home. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive, though, that you do all of that stuff. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but also... Yeah, very admirable, because I can only imagine how time-consuming that is. It's very time-consuming, yeah. But I like it, though. Like, I don't feel like I deserve any accolades, because I do. Nobody's making me do it, right? I do it because I want to, and I love it. And I'm a bit of a control freak, so I like being the one doing it all (laughs) Uh, until I find staff that I trust. And, and, you know, I can delegate to packaging and stuff like that. That would be great. Yeah, that's the next step is to to get to the point where I'm I'm comfortable enough financially to hire a few people. And I definitely have a few people in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. Um, This is kind of random, but just talking about sales and stuff. Have you ever done, like, taking your work to craft sales? I've only done a few. I don't really like craft sales because I feel overwhelmed by the group. I oh, like, yeah. I like one-on-one. Um, and also craft sales, they're amazing. And you can meet all of your customers in one spot. And there's so many amazing things about it. But now that I own a shop, I can't. I'd have oh, to yeah. hire somebody to be there Saturday to go to the craft sale, right? So it's just, for me, it doesn't make sense. Um, it's just not a doable. It's not an option for me to be at craft sales now. Having said that, there are a few that I will make happen. Like the Veg Fest. Oh, Winnipeg, cool. Winnipeg yeah. Fest. I do that every year. Love it. Yeah. Um, but other craft sales, I just haven't. I haven't done. No, I'm definitely not a craft sale person. And that's okay. And it yeah. makes sense because yeah. you're you're running the show, like you said. It's yeah. You can't yeah. be in two places at once. My right? daughter has said that maybe she will do it, so she could be the face of a uh, little tree hugger at craft sales. So maybe once she graduates university, uh, high school this year, then maybe she'll do the the circuit for me. But that's something to see in the future. Yeah. To be determined. (laughs) Hey, it's always good to have those goals, right? Yeah. Well, the last question I had here really was like, what does DIY mean to you and its importance in your life? Being able to make stuff. You know what? To me, DIY, and this is for me making it and me as a consumer. DIY, the reason I love DIY and to purchase DIY um, is because it just means love. The product you're consuming has so much love in it. From the beginning to the end, somebody made it with their own hand. When I think of buying something at Walmart, I think of factories, I think of sad workers, I think of pumping out things that have no quality and no meaning, right? They're cheap, but what's the point behind them, right? The quality you can't end, the follow-up. So if ever there's an issue with my any of my, my products, my customers know that they can call me. They can come to my shop, they can call me, they can email me, and I will make it right. That is so important to me. Customer service, I will pay more at a business if I know I'm going to be treated well. It's just basic respect. So for me, DIY means there's love put into the product. It's made well. It's made with conscientiousness. When I buy a product that's been made by a person, I'm supporting their family and their business. And I know that I, I, I probably will have no trouble 
talking to the person who made it, or if it's a little bit bigger of a small business, somebody involved in that, that process where I can have results if, if I'm not satisfied completely with the product. Um, as a maker, what does DIY mean to me is getting to do what I love. Like, how lucky is that, right? How awesome is yeah. that that I get to do what I love every day? I get to be creative. And when people come to me and say, oh, my God, your cheeky soap has cured my acne or, like, has taken my skin to the next level, it, that is the best compliment somebody can tell me. If they tell me they like my product, that is working for them, for some reason it's making them feel better, yay. You know, I feel like I've succeeded, yeah. I love I love hearing all this stuff. And I love that's. <laughs> This podcast, it's great because I get to speak to all these amazing makers and every single person I've talked to, you can just see the passion. Mm, They have a pretty great job too, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, to get to talk to all these people, local people, that would be pretty awesome actually. It is awesome. There's tons of people in Winnipeg that do this stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah, we're a bigger city than we realize, I think. (laughs) Yeah, especially with local makers. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I also... I don't get to make so much just because of my schedule in school, mm-hmm. but I love supporting too, you know, mm-hmm. and I love, I love what you, what you said there that it's, you can see the love in the product. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's totally mm-hmm. true. And it means more when you can see like the hard work that's been put into something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very cliche, but it is true because every person who makes their own product to sell, they're putting their heart and soul in it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's their, their whole being is on the line. Right. Because you feel vulnerable. You put it out there and you think it's good enough to sell. But will other people will other people appreciate what you've created? Any artist feels that way. You mm-hmm. know, canvas, any artist at all, a fabric, um, wood, doesn't matter what you're creating. You're putting passion into it and yourself into it. And you hope that the people who receive it really appreciate what you're doing. Knitting. I remember before I started making soap, I would knit and uh, give away and uh, hope that they would appreciate that I had made it for them. And, you know, so little things like that, that you just really are putting up. I, I love homemade gifts. They're my yeah, same with gifts. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Sydney. I really appreciate you giving me the platform to talk and talk and talk and talk about what I love. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for being here. I, it's my pleasure, seriously, to, okay. to have you on. I'm, I'm so glad you could come and that you came in this frigid cold oh. weather. So <laughs> I'm really warm right now, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good in the studio with yeah. the lights. <laughs> You can check out Lynn's work on Instagram at LittleTreeHuggerSoap and at Pink.Moon.Boutique, as well as her website, LittleTreeHuggerSoap.com, and there's a drop-down menu to check out Pink Moon as well. There will be links to those in the description of this episode. You can also read Lynn's profile on our website, DIYPodcast.com, to learn more about her. And while you're on Instagram to check out Lynn's work, you can also follow at d.i.ypodcast for updates on our makers and new episodes as they're released. We're also on Facebook and Pinterest, so check us out there too. We'll be back in two weeks with episode nine and our next guest. Once again, I'm your host, Sydney Small. Thanks for listening to the DIY Podcast. We'll see you next time.